and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM. This is Strong and Sassy. My name is Noeli Aram Ablayoisi. I'm sitting in for our regular host, Enimwa Enim Ado. Now, we all know that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And this month on the show, we're talking to breast cancer survivors. But we're doing something different this month. We're talking to the survivors and also their partners because we want to do the holistic approach. We talk to them about their journey, how it has affected their families and all the supports that they've received. Last week's episode was amazing and this week is going to be another interesting one. So we're glad you joined us. And tonight in the studio, we have this amazing woman and I was talking to her before we started the show and she's so bubbly right and i was asking if she was like this when she was going through the cancer but she will be here to tell us all the story we are joined tonight by mrs susan chuchu malik and she's not just a breast i don't even say a survivor i think we need to call them like warriors you know like she's a breast cancer warrior and she's the founder of Mod Local Breast Cancer Foundation, and her husband, Mr. Abubakar Abdul Malik, will be joining us on Zoom. But then, interesting, she's in the studio with her brother-in-law, and they have such an amazing relationship. We're live on Facebook, we're live on YouTube. You can check us out. They look so alike. You think that they are siblings, right? And he is Mr. Abdul Malik Tofik. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. How has your day been? It's been awful. Tiring. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, um, Auntie Susan, before we get into the I'm sure this, because you're a breast cancer survivor, this yeah. month is a very busy month for you. And I I was talking to you backstage, and like, I mean, do we say backstage, you know, <laughs> before we go on the show, about your journey and how yeah. it's been. And we're so glad that you're here to share your story. Now, the reason why we're doing this is because Yes, every month, October, is Breast Cancer Awareness. But we want you to hear these stories so that it can jolt your brain to go and get checked. Know that early detection is always the best. Hear these stories. Be encouraged that even if you're going through this, you have all the supports that you need, all the resources that are available to you so that you would not have to go through what some of these women went through and not be alone. So let's get into the conversation. But you can send us a message, and then if you have any questions, you can call later in the show. Uh, you can send us a message on 055-1111-997, 555 Auntie Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's get into it. We're going to start with how did you... I want to know, like, how did you get detected? What happened on that day? Okay, so good evening to your listeners. And hello to all warriors that are living. Yes, the warriors. I want us to respect the taking. We've lost a lot. Personally, I've lost 91 since 2019 to date. 91 so I want women. To, yes, I want to respect them tonight. Mm. They should keep resting mm. whilst we keep fighting. Absolutely. So I was diagnosed in 2019. Okay. But then I believe I've lived with the disease for about two years. Before 2019? Before 2019. Okay. 
Why am I saying that? Mm -hmm. I was I was having a chest pain. Okay. Mine didn't come with a lump. lump. That's good to know. Which has been the news all over. Uh, yes. Look out for lump. lump. For me, when I'm giving my talk, because of my personal experience, I try to emphasize on the fact that it's not only the lamp that will expose you to it or call your attention to the fact that you have something going on. Okay. Uh -huh. So yes, mine didn't start with the lamp. Mine started with chest pain, which usually comes out of, I didn't lie down well. Okay. Your pillow is not well. Mm. You need to change and then lie down well, well with time. So I was just cracking my chest and moving on. Mm. It still didn't occur to me. Like, no exactly, news. Exactly, because chest pains and breast cancer. Yes, here. yes, yes. <coughs> yes. But then along the line, I started feeling pains in my breasts. Okay. At this time, I would say it has already gone far. Because I was living with it. Because there was no pain in my breast. I wasn't feeling I was sick. Okay. But then I think when I went to the... I was going for my um, first degree course mm -hmm. at the time. And I remember during our exams week, final year exams, the pain became so severe okay. that I couldn't help. Okay. It was one night that I felt the lamp. So it means I've been living with it. I didn't even Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So I get how you said you feel you've been living with it. Yes, yes. So I decided to finish the course. Mm -hmm. Then I can pursue treatment, which I did. Okay. So we ended the exams on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Monday I was in the hospital. Okay. Checked. I was given some medications. I exhausted all, mm -hmm. but no change. The pain was rather increasing. Wow. So I went back mm -hmm. to still, in fact, at this point, I was still not thinking of breast cancer. Okay. And, and because the basic thing when you ask Google to tell you is it, it, it's painless. Mm. And I am experiencing pain. So I couldn't relate. Never check Google for diagnosis. They just make things worse. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really, I was giving myself that kind of hope that, that that's not it. Okay. Okay. So. I went back. Unfortunately, the first time, mm -hmm. the doctor didn't ask for any kind of labs or scans mm. to tell it. She was like, oh, this pain, this medication will subdue it. Mm. The lamp will disappear. Wow. So that alone gives Google the plus. <laughs> that it has given me the right information I want. Oh, my God. So the second visit, mm. then I noticed, no. You can't give me the same medication. At least I'm sure the first one I took didn't work. Yeah. So I was expecting different thing. Yeah. So it was at that moment I felt that godly thing mm. that a voice spoke to me to check for another thing. Yeah. So I was right in the facility and I called a doctor friend of mm. my husband. Yeah. So when I called, he said, unfortunately she was at the facility. That same facility. That same facility. But then she used to be in Kolebu. Okay. So quickly I went to see her mm. and she didn't check me. She gave me to another yeah. specialist. Okay. So in touching my armpit mm. before coming to my breast, 
all he said was it was a man mm. a young man mm. he's like oh i suspect breast cancer and that's okay you took it well because you just said okay that's all i could say <laughs> was it from shock I, I really don't know that moment i don't know mm. but when i said okay then he asked me mrs malik did you hear what i said exactly. and i said yes mm. you said i have cancer and uh, I, will, I will manage it wow and i left mm. but when i, I sincerely mm -hmm. when i was leaving the hospital i had two people on my mind mm. that i don't know how to present the case to Ooh. and that's my husband mm -hmm. and my very elder sister because she is not here, my husband is here. Mm. But I didn't know how. You were going to. I mean, how do you tell? And then we will speak to your husband when we get him. How do you tell? Okay, so we know that we have your husband on the. Show. Hello, good evening, Mr. Abu Bakar. Abdul Malik. Hello. Hello, a very good evening to you and your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And as you can see us, and as you were listening, we were talking to your wife, and we just got to the point where after going to a doctor twice, <laughs> and then another doctor says, you have breast cancer, and then she says, okay. And then like she said, she was thinking about how she was going to present the news to you. When she eventually did, I'll ask her how she did, but when she eventually did, how <laughs> did you take it? <laughs> I wish I could recall the event that day. <laughs> but I know it didn't go well, you know. Mm. You should expect to take such a news well. Yeah. But the point is, uh, I was not the direct uh, patient or victim at the point. Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind is uh, welfare. Okay. I needed to also take it lightly. So that we look at the best way to deal with the issue. Mm. So what I went through that day, I think I didn't let her see. I took it also as if it was normal. I know. That she should just then we see how to deal with the situation. Right. Well, we have your yeah. brother in the studio and then he eventually found out. How did you find out? And how did you take it? Good evening to your listeners. Okay. I think I was told by my brother okay. that this is what the wife has told mm. him and she needs our support. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's fine. We are here together and we'll go through it with her. We'll go her. through this together. Yeah. And so that was how the journey began. So let me come back to you, Auntie Susan. So all the three people, minus your sister who we, we couldn't get on. So you told your husband. He said okay just like the way you said okay then he told him and he said okay then how did the treatment begin okay so when i was told mm. the news then he's he added that to be very sure i have the disease mm. he would like to give some scans and the necessary things mm. to determine by pure medicine that i have the disease yes so I, at, the, at this point it means we're all speculating mm -hmm. so the i went there that was at the time we we're planning 
um, my husband, their last brother, mm -hmm. they are four men. Wow. So, so I'm their, their, their sister. Their the only, only sister. sister. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time, we were planning his wedding. Mm. Yeah, so it was mixed yeah, feeling. Because you're planning a wedding, supposed to be happy then. The only sister <laughs> diagnosed of cancer. Yeah, and I was determined to be part of the wedding of too. Course, so, of course. Somewhere, somehow, mm. I went through the scans, mammogram, ultrasound, mm. biopsy. In fact, the doctor I met to give me the request mm. gave me a whole bunch of it mm. at once. Yes, I had everything in like everything mm. at once okay. and which was quite expensive because okay. and i loved it because mm. it helped me fast track my treatment mm -hmm. and that's what has kept some people in their graves now because yeah. you come and get ultrasound you go back mm -hmm. you go and get x-ray you go back okay. the time you go back again the disease is still so spreading spreading yeah okay so i want to ask uh, your husband a question um about what when she eventually told you about the news she's done all the tests it's confirmed what was your biggest fear well of course i think with cancer the biggest fear ultimately was death fear mm. of death of losing a loved one yeah, <laughs> she said, Sa. <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the greatest fear you know mm. because there's no bigger fear mm -hmm. than uh, losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. However, there were other fears too, you know, knowing that this is going to be a, a long journey. Mm -hmm. So I was as well thinking about how we are going to go through this. Yes. Because I knew that obviously it's going to be expensive. Uh, very expensive and also time and resource consuming. Yes. But all in all, I still knew that there's nothing new under the planet. We'll still go through it one way or the other. So in actual fact, that was the greatest fear anyway. Anyway. Um, Tofik, was that your fear as well, losing your only sister? <laughs> exactly. Mm. It was my fear. But I knew people had gone through it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they didn't die. Okay. So with the support we give her, mm -hmm. I know through the support she will make it. Okay. So that's why we are supposed to be there for her. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we end the show, I will ask how important their support was for you to get through this okay. process. So you did all the scans and what did what, I know cancer yeah, comes in stages. Yeah. So what was stage? Stage three at the time. Wow. Was, is that far advanced in the categories? Um, well, I would say mine was even a localized, but I had an aggressive cancer at the okay. time, yes. So... Can you explain what you mean by localized and when we say that? So localized mm -hmm. means it's, it's not gone into other Parts. organs okay. yet, yes. So now it's all around the breast, my chest and my breast. breast as okay. well, yeah. So uh, it, quickly I was referred to Kolebu, mm -hmm. and then the treatment started. started. What was your treatment plan plan like? 
mastectomy, what, chemotherapy, what and then radiotherapy. So mastectomy is taking off the breasts, mm -hmm. yeah, and then chemotherapy is 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 a form of medication mm -hmm. to stop the the, the spread, spread of, cancer of cancer or limit it. Mm -hmm. And then radiotherapy is just to eradicate the excess after chemo. Chemo. Yes. So they laid out the plan for you and then you started so which one started for this the, the mastectomy so the, i had to take the breast off okay. first okay what were your i mean i've asked everybody about their fears what were you afraid of were you afraid of dying <laughs> no okay that was not was not one of your fears so they no. were afraid that you would die but you weren't afraid that you would die yeah that's that wasn't close to me what were you afraid of <laughs> nothing you I see why I told you people that she's a warrior? Nothing. Everybody else was afraid. So you weren't afraid of anything? Nothing. Not leaving. I know you have three children. Mm. You weren't afraid that they will be orphaned. Mm. I'm not dying. How would they be? <laughs> I love the spirit. So did you have any challenges with your treatments? Or was it smooth sailing or there were challenges with these three forms of treatment well my mastectomy it was exciting how was it exciting they were taking off your breast and the time they were taking off the breast i didn't know <laughs> okay <laughs> i was i was deceived into bed mm. and i was butchered okay i was whisked back to the ward i woke up and i could wake up okay so what i could feel was i'm alive Amen. So I could take pictures the next day <laughs> to tell them I'm happy. Yeah. And I have very good smiling faces. Face. The pictures that I took mm -hmm. with the plaster on me. If mm -hmm. I, I had a surgery on Thursday mm -hmm. and we were told not to walk on the same day. Okay. And so I walked on Friday morning. Okay. I remember my doctor meeting me on the corridor. He said, oh, are you done? I said, ah, you said we shouldn't sleep too much. So I want to walk. And so it wasn't, I, I, I was really ready for it. Okay. I must be honest. And you would, I mean, just to interject, would you say that having that fighter spirit, if someone is listening to us, because the whole purpose of this conversation is to create awareness around the disease yes. and to talk to people who have journeyed through it. And last year, I remember when we were having this conversation, one thing that I've noticed talking to women is it's the mentality. Yeah. Because this is a battle against your mind. And like your husband said, he will be there to support you. Tofik said the same thing, but at the end of the day, you it's are the you. one. Yeah. What should be the mental state of the women that are listening, those who are yet to take the, make the check, if you hear the news and it's not in your favor, what should be your mindset going into this? Accept the disease. Mm. You think a lot of women struggle with accepting? Yes. Why me? Mm. It can't be me. Mm. They shouldn't be me. I don't have it. Mm. Some when they are even diagnosed, they can see their labs reports reading you have. Mm. They say, I don't have. So they will, they will, they will deny themselves mm. of pursuing treatment. Wow. So just accept it. And it's just like normal problems mm. that we have in this world. When you see the trouble, accept the trouble that it's a problem. Mm. That you, that's where you can find solution to it. Right. So that's how, you well, that's how I deal with myself. With it. It's a problem. We need to solve it. it. 
So I accepted I have cancer. I need to battle it. So you started working on fr Friday? Yes, uh, yes, I, was, I could walk on Friday. Mm -hmm. I was discharged on Tuesday. Okay. I came home, I had my dreadlocks. So I had to cut mine. This time I've started reading about what to expect mm. during treatment. Mm -hmm. No. So I was still psyching my mind mm -hmm. and trying to put myself together okay. for, for the journey ahead. Mm -hmm. So I cut my dreadlocks. Did you cut I, your dreadlocks so that you want to do it before your hair starts falling off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew what I was getting into. So I had to cut, uh, low cut. Mm. And then I kept the locks somewhere. Okay. So after keeping the locks, then my my mind was set for chemo. Mm. That's chemotherapy. Yes. Then I went for first shot. Wow. It was okay. Just I think two days or three days later, mm -hmm. I noticed the small head I left. <laughs> You wake up and to, it's in your pillow. I want to ask your husband, when she said she was cutting her hair before she started chemo, what did you think about it? Yeah, I don't think I had any problem with that. Yeah, just fat. His baba barbed me. His baba barbed you. So you just go like, I mean... So you, you know that mm -hmm. we were informed could grow again. That's okay. one thing. However, to losing the hair compared to losing the one you love, mm -hmm. which one would you go for? I know, right? <laughs> I know. So that was the least of my concern. So, in so, actual. Yeah. Mm, and <laughs> then, I mean, I'll come to you, her, and then I'll come back to you. How did this, right. you cut your hair, you've finished the surgery, it's now chemo time. How did this affect your relationship, the family, with your children? Did you tell your children? How did you even tell your children that you had cancer? I want to believe my husband did. Okay. He had conversations with them on, on my disease. Mm. I can't really recall exactly mm. what I did. So there was never a moment where you sat with your children to tell them? That I don't want to remember. I don't think I remember you, that. You don't remember that. Hey. So he did. I think he did. Mm. Mr. Bubaka, how did you tell your children that mommy has cancer? Yeah, in actual fact, I felt at the point that kids were too young to really understand what mm. cancer is. Okay. However, they could feel the pain the mother was going through. You know, the breast pain thing started think a year or two before she was diagnosed. Yeah, she said two years. Once mm. it comes, mm. happy and she gets relieved. Mm. So we were all aware she was in that kind of pain that she had to deal with. Mm. So when she was finally diagnosed, what I had to do was to just tell the kids that, yeah, this is where we have gotten to. Mommy is sick. Uh, the doctor says she has breast cancer. However, she has to go through a series of treatments. Mm. And I told them what to expect. Okay. Then the, what they asked is so that they, at the end of the day, with the pain stop. Oh, wow. And I told them, yes, obviously, the pain will stop. Mm. So if they take, and then one asked me, so if they take out the breast, she won't feel the pain again. Then I said, yes. Mm. And she will go through other treatments. 
And I think they were happy and they were all eager to see their mommy go through their treatment mm. and uh, she should be eased of the pain that she's been going through from the breast. Mm. So we were all ready for the treatment in actual fact. Wow. If not for the unforeseen situation that came along the way, mm. even though you know the how harsh chemo could be. However, with the chemo treatment, we had to psych their mind that, yeah, that is how it goes. She goes through this stage that she will be down, she will, but it's a process of killing the bad cells in there. Hmm. So if she doesn't go through that, there will be no recovery. Okay. So like it is like no pain, no gain. No so it means anytime they see the pain, they should take it as she's healing. So that was how we... We uh, go through it as a family that situation and they were so supportive and they understood the situation so well mm. even though we all had our down times that you know yeah you are the kids are also down but we're all there for each other and would you say that taking care of the kids became your primary focus alongside her because maybe i don't know how the fi family dynamics were but maybe in the past you helped take them to school or something but then now that she was down you're the one taking them to school making sure they were doing most of the things that she used to do as the mom of the house i don't know maybe she will be best to answer <laughs> that question were you able to do everything you you were doing as a mom whilst you were going through chemo you know with me, when she was going through chemo, mm -hmm. the, we didn't have, I didn't create any gap anyway. Okay. To the best of knowledge, I did what I know how to do best, just to take care of their own. She's here, we can Which, just ask her. Of course, of course, I was doing that when she was even well. So, I mean, this so, I told me, side that, you know, mm -hmm. we really didn't have like this, the mommy's work, this, daddy's work. Okay, mm -hmm. that's how we. We all do well what we have to do when we are available. Okay. Yeah, so the kids, I don't think they miss that much when it gets to end. Fortunately for us, you know, they were not that young. Okay. When all, yeah. So the elder one could take care of the rest. So we're all there for each other. So we didn't feel that effect so much. Okay. Uncle Tofik. Yeah. Yes. How were you helping Auntie Susan? doing this entire process were you taking her to the hospital mm -hmm. being there for all the treatments i want you to say what you did what was your role okay during the process um i would say i was i was a cook <laughs> if i could put it that way yeah <laughs> because <laughs> i need to cook for her with I do the cooking with my wife actually. Okay. Yeah, she was the one who Sm went to Small meet. Small Mrs. Malik. <laughs> she Junior met Mrs. the, Malik. the mm. dietitian. Mm -hmm. She was giving the chart, so we followed the chart to do her cooking. We cook for the kids as well mm. in the house. Wow. And yeah. So. So you were in charge of the meals. Exactly. <laughs> we, if we will put it that way. Yes. Yeah. I I love that. Because it's a chef. Oh. Maybe we'll have to arrange something for us on the show, but later after the conversation. So let's get back to so we were at the surgery was done. We're at chemo, mm -hmm. right? But I want to just touch on they cut your breast. Yes, I did. Is it back? 
<laughs> the magic whiskey is not here, so it's not being charmed back. It's not being charmed back. I just had to ask. But so chemo, mm. how bad was it? Expected side effects like losing my hair. Mm-hmm. What I didn't expect was to have a mouth sore to the extent I can't drink anything, couldn't wow. eat. And I also didn't expect pain. There was some this severe pain and numbness mm. in my legs. In fact, I, I really don't know, but my first shot, I had so much rashes. And as for the dark skin and all those things, mm. we were expecting them. But I had rashes all over. Wow. Yeah, rashes all over me. And then I did my third cycle. That was when the issue started. Mm. Yeah, what there happened? Was, there was a misprescription which ignited my sugars. Wait, with everything you were going through, somebody misprescribed something else? Yes. And the interesting part of the whole thing is, the first mistake was done by the doctor. Mm-hmm. Some dosage was increased. Okay. And a pharmacy addressed it and corrected it. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing was the doctor gave the right prescription mm-hmm. and the pharmacy gave the wrong medication. Ah. Wow. So, the pharmacy saved you. Now, She's causing all his something. So it, it was something. How did else. you even find that out? Because so this problem resulted in something else. Yeah, we didn't know it was from the dosage. Mm. We didn't know. How did you find out? According to my husband, he said he was with me and as if I was melting. God really. Yeah, I was you. just I was just going off. Mm. And he couldn't tell what was happening. Mm. According to him. He had to call a friend mm-hmm. to come and help him carry me to the hospital. He's here, so let's just ask him. How uh, did he can do you detect <laughs> this misdiagnosis? <laughs> <laughs> In actual fact, it's interesting. You know, uh, the detection, we didn't detect instantly, instantly. you know. Okay. You know, chemotherapy, with each round of chemotherapy, there's this, you need to face this situation where she needed to recover before the next round. Mm -hmm. So this particular round took longer for her to recover. The recovery time took longer. Yeah, it was rather going worse, instead of recovering. Mm. So at a point I had to call a doctor that this is a situation, she's getting worse, she's not getting better. And you know, doctors also, it wasn't with us to actually see what she was going through. He was just judging by what I was telling him. So he was like, okay, maybe this particular round was too harsh on her. She will get better. So I should keep updating him. And in actual fact, she wasn't getting better. Unfortunately, you know, when this situation also, in a way, strengthened the family bond, because I have aunties and uncles who really supported in their cause. Mm. And I have an auntie, uh, Auntie Setome, I wish she's hearing. She was very helpful. She is a medical doctor, but in Canada. So I was always in touch with her. She was 
constantly checking on Susan. Mm. So I was briefing her as well. So it got to this stage. She said, no, I should take her to the nearest hospital. Mm. Because I could see that she was really responsive. She wasn't responding to anything. Wow. So I think at that point, I even felt we were losing her. So Susan virtually went off for about two or three days that she couldn't recall any event. So that was when I took her to the hospital. And she was then tested to get a vein was hectic. Hmm. Later, they got the vein. They had to do tests. And they, she had high sugar level. 20. Then now, these doctors and nurses wouldn't believe me that my wife is not diabetic. <laughs> so interesting. They felt, I don't know, they felt that I didn't know what I was saying. So them, no, I'm not just ignorant like that. My wife is not diabetic. They said, no, the test they've conducted is showing that she has high sugar level. And then I said, no, she's not diabetic. So they were looking at how to now bring down the sugar level. Mm. So, but they wanted to know they wanted to just confirm that she's diabetic and know how to treat it. Mm. And I didn't give them that confirmation. Mm. So in the process, my auntie in Canada was also in touch and she asked me. So she asked, okay, what drugs has she been taking? Mm. So she asked me how to go for all the drugs. Then there's this steroid in it. Mm. I've forgotten the name. It's a steroid. So she, when I mentioned the name, she said, pause there. Mm. This steroid, give me what dosage is she taking? Then I gave her the dosage. Wow. Then she said, no. You are not to take this steroid for this long. The dosage she's supposed to take for two days. Unfortunately, the pharmacist interpreted the two days for two weeks. What? Yes. Mm. I mean, so she just, took just pause. <laughs> this means that if you were not this watchful and careful and had other call other people to find out what yeah. was going on, your wife would have just died. Yes. Uh, exactly. She would have. Because she would after have. taking her to the hospital and explaining it to these people, you still had to get a doctor to ask you to see what medications she was taking, check the doses. That's how far you had to go. Yeah. Exactly. So that was how she told me, no, I should go back to the doctor treating her and tell them that this is the situation. She's taking overdose of these steroids. Wow. So I did that before they now understood what I had been saying for hours. You know, <laughs> I tried to convince them for so many hours my wife is not diabetic. So before they now understood that it was the steroids that and the side effects were massive. Yeah. I would so like we had to do that. I would let her tell me what the side effects were. So yeah, what did so this high sugar, wrong dose situation, what did it cause? Yeah. Apart from the fact that you couldn't remember three days of what was happening to if you. If no more. <laughs> because even after the three days they claim mm -hmm. I've stayed in a hospital, which I was transferred to another place. I mm. believe that was the word. I could still not recall people come after mm. to say we came to the other which hospital. So I want to believe um it didn't go for just three days. Mm. That aside, the side effects were just too many at the same time. At that point, 
could feel I could feel some kind of fear. Mm, that's when you're fierce. But no fear of death. Mm. For that one, no. Okay. But I didn't know what was wrong with me anymore. Mm. Yes, because when I came back to myself, mm. I remember they were looking for my vein to put something, I don't know what it mm. was. They couldn't get... It was a whole lot of drama within a short time. And then these injections on my shoulders, it got to point I couldn't raise my hands again. Wow. Then they said they have to be injecting my tummy. They will be injecting right side, then the next time, the left side. But... Um, in all of these, I never stop praying. I must be honest. God loves you. It's evident because... I never stop praying. I don't want to leave that part out. Mm. I never stop praying. Would you say that this... Would you say that you believe that a lot of women out of the 91 that you know have probably died and didn't suffer breast cancer because of certain midnight... Mig, I mean, miss diagnosing like no, mis um, prescription misprescription from like well, having had that story mm. fortunately i've been able to have direct contact with them before passing mm. but i've not had that story mm. from anybody anybody they have different reasons yes, for that for for their passing mm. a lot have different reasons we'll that. talk about your foundation later in the show because i feel like you know i mean the bible you hear that sometimes we go through this thing so that when we get over we will be able to help people who are going yeah. through that and i'm sure that this is some of the things that motivated you to start your foundation and you're able to look out for people when they have these issues yeah so you survived that situation mm. and then what next well i was only praying that i get well to get my to continue my chemo because i wasn't done mm. i was going for six rounds and, and this had, was what round round three uh, yeah no wonder people just stop chemo and just go like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes, yes. <laughs> In fact, my roommates, that was what my situation discouraged her. Mm. And that was why I would say she passed. Wow. She stopped chemo because mine wasn't getting well with me. To her. So she saw me at college and was like, is that you? I said, that's me. Mm. I could feel I was horrible mm. because I became very bloated and like a monster kind of thing. How did this affect you, Mr. <coughs> the matter self over me. <laughs> if <I> over <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, how did this affect your relationship? Because most mm. times in the vows, they said for better, for worse. Now, I think we've transcended worse <laughs> at this point in time because I am hearing your story and how you say you've been supportive of your wife. And most men wouldn't do that. Most men would just abandon their wives and find some and nice not. lady on the side and just be bambaying because life must go on. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but I just felt that, you know, it was my responsibility to be there for her. Mm. I had no other thing in mind at the time, but to do the best I could do to help keep her. Because yeah. when she's there, she's there for me and the family. Absolutely. So nothing else mattered at the time. Mm. In actual fact, nothing else. And yeah, even though the physical appearance was not bad, was not too good at the time, but yeah. 
You never mentioned. What there to? Uh, <laughs> she said that you never about. mentioned that she looked. She said she feel. And you I know, I could say I was horrible, she, but she, you never told me. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that part in actual fact. Mm. How will I see? Because when um, I know what we were battling with. Yeah. I was trying out for improvement. You get me. Mm. So, yeah, maybe looking back at pictures, you could see the difference, but. I was more concentrated on the recovery stage. You know, mm -hmm. you go to uh, stage three chemo. Yeah, you go to stage three uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. You started chemo, go to the third round. You, we had this crisis. Mm -hmm. You could not look worse than you were looking when after, during that crisis period. Mm -hmm. That's when we had the third, after the third round of chemo. Mm -hmm. So there's no way you could have look better, worse than that because at that point he was almost gone, mm. you know? And one cannot look sicker than mm. that. So that was the peak. So anything that happened after then was seen as a recovery. Yeah. So all the other stages that came after that, we saw those as recovery stage. We were seeing improvement. Mm. Even if they, she had swollen legs, swollen arms, they were improvement over when we were almost losing it. So, in actual fact, I didn't see that. Even, I think I was just there to, I, I was just more concentrated on seeing her healthy. Okay. I'm not the type that give premium to so much to uh, physical appearance anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she agrees to you with that, but yeah. Now, you're, yeah. you said you felt like a monster. You've cut your hair. You have one breast. You are swollen everywhere. Did this affect your sex life? The people want to know. Yes. <laughs> um, it's something that this year's advocacy we try to mm. talk about. I try to talk about because That's... a lot of survivors are not able to talk about it. Because yes. they feel it's just them. Mm. But I know it, it cuts across all of us. Okay. That's libido, they call it, mm -hmm. which it, it declines yes. drastically. Is it because of the treatment? Yes. Okay. The medication. From the chemotherapy? Yes. Okay. Well, I would say combination of everything. I mean, with everything you, you, are, you have going on, why, why the last thing on your mind will be sex? But even after treatment, you still go through that. Exactly. Um, hitches. Even uh, after treatment. Mr. Abubakar, what did you do all this while? <laughs> you were not happy. <laughs> 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 what was going on? I would, I would like to answer you. You answer him. for him. Please answer for him. Mm. Maybe because this man doesn't have a sister. Okay. He's seen me like, and they lost their mom. Mm who was my in-law. Okay. She was my elder sister. Okay. So you were there all in all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know... I know he didn't misbehave. Mm. I know he stayed. Because whatever time he stays out of work, we know the time he will get to the house. Okay. And when he leaves the house, we know the time he gets home um, mm. to the office. Mm-hmm. And if you want to track him, you will track him and end up in a conference. Mm. 
that's the truth and the okay. reality. He tried to cope. From the beginning, he couldn't understand what was happening. But, and I was not understanding either. But I had to read about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I realized um, it's due to the medication. Okay. So we just have to now understand did you have a and conversation? Come to, yes. Okay. Come to a level ground mm. to see how, of course, we are matured people, okay. how best we can manage it mm. so it doesn't affect him and it doesn't affect me okay. emotionally. Emotionally. So that's how we've handled it till now. Till now. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue the conversation, but this month we're part with Sonotech Medical and Diagnostic Center yeah. for this year's Pink October. And we're going to give out a free breast ultrasound voucher to one lucky listener. If you're interested, just send us a message with your name and your phone number. The first message we get with these details gets the voucher. Fastest finger 055 997 is there a point where things started turning around? Yeah. When? Um, round four, round five, round six? Um, you see the picture you're seeing behind me? Mm -hmm. It was a crucial moment picture. What was happening in this picture? It was a wedding day mm. of... The last born. The third born. But, okay. I think they had the wedding the same year. Yeah. Yes. They both married in the same year. Mm. No, all three of them. Yeah. Got married in the same yes, year. Yes, Taufik got married. The one, the last one got married. And then the last, the third one was the last to marry. He married around December or so. November. November. Mm. I wasn't done with my chemo and my treatment. Wow. And they were all going to say, me too, I'll go some. <laughs> this point, I couldn't eat anything. Mm. I couldn't walk well, mm. couldn't sit for too long. Mm. I can't be at a place where the temperature is below 16. So they have to package me mm. to the venue. So this picture you see, I was seriously battling with my chemotherapy. And you look good. You don't look like you had cancer. So my hair gele, mm. nasakura. Hi. And I remember very well that Mr. Malik has chalked me so I don't fall. Hmm. That's the picture you are seeing there. So it's a very memorable picture for me. Yeah. This picture is very memorable. How important was your faith for you? How did it get you through this? Because this is one of those but God situations. Oh, yes. My faith they know mm. it doesn't shift mm. it doesn't me i don't do why me mm -mm. now me and i'll battle it mm. so i believe god intervened mm. and i know my kids were praying mm. my family as in my siblings mm. they were there yes they were there my my elder i'm the last one though mm. But the top elders, yes. they, they did their best yeah. financially. Yeah. They were not around mm -hmm. to say they are coming yeah. to visit and all, but they were there. Mm -hmm. They supported as they could. Mm -hmm. And it's all part. Mm -hmm. But in this cancer journey, having positive energy mm -hmm. around you, you plus money, that's what will make you survive, mm -hmm. honestly. 
But if money comes mm -hmm. and there's no positive vibe around the people you are with, you will be seeing the money and you will die in need the money. The same way you have good positive energies around you, but there's no money, they will lose mm -hmm. you. Mm. So I will not take this part out or that. Yeah. I want to say all my family's, ha my husband's family, mm -hmm. my own family, mm. they were there. How did cancer change you? How you used to be huh. pre and post? Well, the statement is if you can do cancer, you can do everything. Mm. And I live like you can die today and you can die tomorrow. Mm. Do what you can. Don't stress. Mm. Because what will stress you is cancer. <laughs> and it's gone. Mm. So what more are you going to put on yourself? Leave it. If you can't handle it, leave it. Mm. It's not meant for you to handle. So I'm sure you are at a point where when people just come and you'll be like, I survived cancer, like I what? can. You know the problem. <laughs> I can handle you. Yes. I can handle you. Before we go, let's talk about Mod Local Breast Cancer Foundation. What is it about? Yes, so Mod Local Breast Cancer Foundation would have been mm. a prostate cancer foundation mm. in my dad's memory. Okay. When he turned 20 years after death. Okay. And may he rest peacefully. Mm. So he, he was supposed to... Um, I was supposed to launch the foundation in his name mm -hmm. at the time. But the months we decided to do something, that month I was diagnosed. Mm. That was May mm -hmm. 2019. So quickly I diverted it. Mm -hmm. And then it started right from the chemo suit wow. of Kolebu. When you go, you see a patient that... Watch yourself, you know. You are... <laughs> you get wala. Somebody's wala don't pass your than your wala. <laughs> So what does the foundation do? We've done a lot mm. over the years. Okay. We've been able to support women go through their treatments financially. Mm -hmm. We render counseling mm -hmm. to new diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Currently, Kolibu has given us the opportunity to work with them. Mm -hmm. And if I said them, they are psychologists okay. at the breast clinic department mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where every Wednesday is breast clinic. So a rep from the foundation, I want to acknowledge Madam Phyllis Backman. Mm -hmm. She's been a very supportive partner mm -hmm. who always go, even if, if I don't get to go there, she's there. Mm -hmm. That we show our scars to new diagnose, to know that you see us beautiful like this. We've gone through what you're coming to go through. So you can go through. Okay. So yes, we give financial support. We give emotional support. Mm -hmm. And of course, sometimes we have, I think we have two times sitting as in get together mm -hmm. because we know some way, somehow, some will drop off. Okay. Where can we find you? Are you on social media? Yes. Where, if somebody wants so to get in contact with you, what do they have to do? So our website is www.modlocalbreastcancer.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then our phone number is 059-466-8485. Is our momo as well okay so if you want to support us financially yes, we need your support you are getting a lot of love um from social media someone dk natty says you are a warrior 
like I said. Thank you, DK. And someone says, Madam, I love your positive spirit. God bless you, sweetheart. Bless you and then we have some messages that says, I'm really proud of you, ma'am. Shedding tears, listening to your story and the support of your family. And this came from Glenda. And she Thank says you. she's fun, I guess. It's a laughter listening to her. I like her mentality. And that one came from Nana Kwesi. And we have a winner for the Sonotech voucher. It's The winner is Gadna Nenli. And um, so we have your number and we would reach out to you. I want to say a big thank you to you, Auntie Susan. I want to say a big thank you to your husband who joined us and to Tofik who is the chef of the family. Thank you for your support. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for sending your messages. Thank you to my producers. We'll be back same time next week. This has been Strong and Sassy, and my name is Noeli Eram Ablayoisi. We'll see you same time next week. It's bye for now. Joy 99.7 FM.